Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Beulah land, I'm longing for you. And someday on thee I'll stand. I'm David Michael Seeley, S-E-A-L-Y. I pastor Sharon Baptist Church in downtown Sharon, South Carolina, population of about 600 people. The Reverend Seeley is 72 years old. And full disclosure... Aside from being a pastor with a really good singing voice, he's also my producer Amanda Seely's favorite uncle. She thought the world needed to hear him sing and to listen to his story. Reverend Seely came out of retirement early this year to lead a church. The average Sunday attendance is about 70 people, many of them senior citizens like himself. Then came the pandemic, and with it, a warning— from his cardiologist. His exact words were, you cannot afford with your cardio problems and with your breathing problems. You're one handshake away from heaven with this virus. The congregation still needed him for socially distant services, for phone calls, for letters of encouragement, and for funerals, including several for people who died of the same virus his doctor had warned him about. It's rare that I do a funeral for a complete stranger. Most of these people, I didn't just know them, I loved them, and still do. And I'm looking forward to seeing them again one day. In today's episode, CNN senior writer Thomas Lake tells the story of a singing pastor in a small town in South Carolina who's doing what he can to honor the departed even as he tries to avoid becoming one of them. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Okay, I just started recording. That's great. So can you tell me a little about your corner of South Carolina? Where is it and, and what's it like? It is in western York County, of South Carolina. The closest, largest city is uh, Charlotte. When did you become a pastor? How long have you been doing it? I became a pastor on November the 7th, 1977, on board ship. My first congregation was, uh, was about 120 sailors. Wow. How did that all come about? Well, I got called to the ministry when I was on active duty in the Navy. And, uh, my captain told me that he couldn't think of a better place for me to start my ministry than on board the submarine. I retired from the military in 1990. My wife and I left and went to North Dakota as missionaries. And then we went to uh, Calvary Baptist Church, where I retired from. 
after 19 years. Right after I retired, just a few days after I retired, I was uh, cutting gum trees out of the ditch along Highway 5 on the front of our property here, and I collapsed. My cardiologist had already told me that I needed to take it easy, so I sharpened my bush axe before I got in there and started uh, cutting trees. But I, I collapsed out there, and when I came back to, I came to the house and sat down, and I told my wife that I think she needs to take me to the emergency room. Uh, my cardiologist came in that morning in the emergency room, and he said, what part of take it easy do you not understand? And I went into surgery the next day. They replaced my aortic valve with a tissue valve so I could continue to eat collard greens, which is one of my favorite meals is collard greens and pinto beans. Like the collard greens need to be cooked in uh, with pork, right? Well, actually, I use garlic and olive oil and salt. That doesn't sound very Southern. <laughs> well, that, I did use a ham hock or some fat back years ago, but um, I have to limit that pork. <laughs> I do have some Southern roots. Uh, my my dad's people, uh, they were all from Lowland, uh, North Carolina. And so uh, my grandmother, Grandma Betty, she made her biscuits with lard. So you know what that's all about. I make mine with butter. My wife is a very good cook, but she appreciates my cooking. And uh, so I do most of the cooking. And you were, you were glad to do it, huh? I was. Good. Uh, so you have this surgery. And so what was the recovery like after that? You came home and what did you have to do? Did you actually take it easy this time? A little bit. And I stayed retired for a total of about 17 months. And um, they needed somebody to fill in at Sharon Baptist Church. So I went there to fill in, and I've been there since January. Uh, but they asked me to stay permanently, which we know that you can't stay anywhere permanent except in, in uh, eternity. <laughs> You were involved in leading worship, doing songs at all? I sing every Sunday. I'm the tenor, an Irish tenor singing with a Southern Gospel quartet. Probably the most requested song that I sing, it was written by Squire Parsons, uh, Beulah Land. Beulah Land, I'm longing for you. And someday on thee I'll stand. A pastor must comfort the afflicted, shed tears with the grieving, and be willing to hold them. Even a couple of men that think they're too strong and too big and too old to cry, I've held them when they cried so hard that they shook. I was walking away from a graveside service a few years ago. A lady came up and she put her hand on my shoulder. Now this, again, this was before COVID-19. And she said, I guess you pastors get used to this. I said, no, ma'am, it gets harder. And the older I get, the harder it gets. The pandemic comes along in March. 
The cardiologist gives his warning. The pastor listens. As usual, he'll console the brokenhearted, but he'll have to do it from a distance. All of the uh, services, funerals that I've done in the last, uh, since all this started, have been outside. And uh, there have been social distancing. There's been no handshakes. There's... I walked up to a widow with tears running down her face a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I would really love to hug you, but I can't. And she said, I understand. Uh, so I had prayer with her, with my mask on and, and her mask on, and us separated there. That's the hardest thing. Uh, were there ever times where it, the contact got closer than you had planned for it to just because, you know, people sometimes can't help it. Did that ever happen? It's actually happened too many times. And um, I got an injury that I suffer from in the military. And I walk with a cane quite a bit. And I use that cane <laughs> and hold it out. Um, so people can't come right up to me sometimes, but the rest of the times people come up on my blind side and, uh, put their arm around me or pull me to them. And, uh, I go home right afterwards and I take the clothes off and uh, take a shower. So in a couple of those kind of scary moments where somebody came up in your blind side, once it was too late to stop it, did you just kind of like go with it? Like, okay, this is happening. So, all right, fine. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Especially with the young lady that I buried her father. In fact, I just hugged her back. I've known her since she was born. And so as all this is going on, there's so much uh, you're responsible for and be this voice that people listen to. Do you also have in the back of your mind, like, this could happen to me too? Yes, but um, at my age, especially at my age, I'm ready. You know, when my time comes, I'm, I'm very ready. I am not afraid of death. So when you're being careful, then I guess... Part of it, it's not so much about being afraid of death as maybe I could be useful if I stick around a while longer. Yes. None of us going to live forever, you know, and I want to run a good race. And when my time comes, I'm, I'm certainly ready to go. What did you sing at the most recent funeral you did? Beulah Land. Before that, the one before that, I sang... Um, I'll see all my friends in Hallelujah Square. Hallelujah Square, written by Ray Overholt, recorded by a band called The Cathedrals. As he passed through the throne, tears filled my eyes. I said, friend, you can't see. With a smile on his face, he replied to me, I'll see all my friends in Hallelujah Square. What a wonderful time we'll all have up there. We'll sing and praise Jesus, his glory to share. And there'll not be one blind man in Hallelujah Square. 
that story from CNN's Thomas Lake. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Rachel Cohn, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Nathan Miller is our engineer. And David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.